Welcome to the Swim Swim Breakdown. As always, I am your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from Austin, Texas this week, just coming off of the San Antonio Pro Swim. We're joined by Braden Keith, editor-in-chief of Swim Swim in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And today, uh, filling in for Loretta Race, who will be back next week, we got Ben Dornan from Ottawa, Ontario. When was the last time you were in Austin? Uh, September. Where do you live? (laughs) The world is my home, Braden. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. I need to make it up to Ottawa next time. What's what's the weather in Ottawa like, Ben? Cold. It's not not very warm. It's not very warm here. (laughs) It's about five degrees Celsius, which is... I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. <laughs> cool. That sounds like mid forties, but yeah, who's to say? All right, let's get speaking of internationals. Uh, let's get right into it. We've got a lot of international team trials for world champs, com games, whatever other meets they have in that respective country coming up this week. Which one are you guys most excited for? For me, uh, it's Britain. Uh, it's Great Britain. There's so many things to watch for. I want to see PD's 200 breast. Um, I want to see Tom Dean's follow up to the 200 free. I want to see Duncan Scott in the 400 IM. I want to see if Matt Richards and Jacob Whitley have turned a corner in the 100 free and can kind of take over that group for the Brits. Um, I want to see if Anna Hopkins can turn that corner in long course. Um, Abby Wood coming back after missing short course worlds with an illness. It feels like she kind of is ready to do something crazy. Um, so there's, I think there's a lot to look for in the UK and that's what I'm most looking forward to. Britain just really coming in hot. <laughs> no uh, Made it all up. I don't even know if all of those things are true. Ben, I think for me, it's, it's going to be Canada just because uh, I'm a Canadian and I'm going to be following that because it has to be. That's the law, right? They have to play 50% of their radio has to be Nickelback and 50% of Ben Dornan's analysis has to be Canadian. It has to be. Yeah, that's it. That's all I can focus on for this week. I think, um, I think that it's going to be interesting because it seems like in 2016 when Canada had that Olympics with Penny winning all of those medals it was like Canada's next and there's been at least one or two swimmers every year who haven't been completely on um it was Penny for a bit Taylor for a bit I think that this year it looks like everyone's gonna hit and 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 do really well it seems like some of the events like the 200 fly that hasn't been that strong summer's there and there's a few other a few other women that have been around 210. So there's, there's events that Canada seems to be filling out um, instead of just kind of been being the, the freestyles and Kylie on the backstroke. I wrote an article uh, for storylines to watch and, and Ingrid Wilm is going to be one that's really interesting. Her short course breakout was kind of crazy. She was, I think the fastest in the world at one point. Um, and then right after that, there was the Maggie McNeil 50 backstroke record followed by a Kylie Moss world record. And then Ingrid again at at the ISL final. So it seems like there's a lot of events. Who did? Didn't Ingrid hurt herself, hurt a hand or something? I think so at the finale, maybe she, she did, but then she went, she, she raced in February or March and was, was right on top of her best times again. So, um, and I think Taylor Ruck coming off of, off of 200 freestyle at, at NCAAs is, she seems to be back on, on form as well. Call a time Taylor Ruck 200 freestyle. What do you think she's going to go? At trials, I yeah. think 
I think Taylor is a 155. Ooh, I'll take the over. Not by much, but I'll take the slight over. I just, I, you know, it's a double taper and Stanford hasn't always done the double taper well. So I'm going yeah. to take, take a small over. I think she's 156 mid. I can't believe that there's another country aside from the U.S. in existence, but also that another country <laughs> that because that's how Americans think, but also another country that has the depth in women's backstroke that the U.S. does. Like Canada yeah. is just looking so strong in those events. And another another one that I pointed this out in my article, but Jade Hanna, who was she won gold in 2019 at, at World Juniors in the 100 and the 200, and she's not going to be there. And it, it, a few years ago, it would have seemed like Jade Hanna is kind of the next person coming up behind Kylie. She's actually not going to be at trials. Uh, she just finished, I think, her second or third year at USC. Um, her first. Her first? Okay. Yeah. And so she's not going to be there, but there's still Kylie is kind of a lock. And then Taylor's doing the 100 and 200. Ingrid's doing the, I think, 50, 100 and 200. Then there's Maggie and Reagan Rathwell is a new kind of up and comer. So yeah, that, the backstroke's getting is a lot Maggie faster. doing the 100? Maggie, I don't think, is doing the 100. No. And she's also not doing the 50 fly, which is interesting. Someone pointed that out. Sad. Is she doing the 50 back? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can double check that, but she's definitely doing the hundred fly, obviously, and then the fifty back. I like, and then the freestyle hundred free and fifty free. I'm assuming, but we don't assume, so I'll double check. All right, well, you're all wrong because French Championships is where it's at for one reason and one reason only: swimming's beefcake, Florent Manadou. <laughs> he's been quiet since ISL. I don't think I don't even know if he's raced, but I yeah. love seeing that man dive in the pool anytime, anywhere. And I'm really looking forward to see what he's got. He swam in Spain. Um, they did a little puff piece interview on the French Federation website <laughs> last week where he talked about how much he loves his new training, which is about a 50-50, meaning it'll go well or it won't go well. But, you know, all he's got to do new is training, giant. Uh, Beryl Gastadella will be in action in France as well. We saw her new move to Frisco, not last I'm really excited to see her swim. Um, she's going to be training in France now through the Paris Olympics, which I think is pretty cool having a home Olympics and being able to train in your home for it. So we got a lot of trials coming up. It's going to be a good week. We won't see Leon Marchand there because he already got his a cuts in San Antonio. Ooh, look at that segue. San Antonio pro swim was this past weekend. Who impressed you the most? We saw some sensational swimming from quite a few athletes. Who's your number one? I've got two. I've got one male, one female. I think Shane Casas going the 156 and the 200 IM um, shows that his Texas training is taking hold. I don't think Texas and A&M have radically different training, um, but maybe a different training environment just with the, the depth that Texas has for him to train with. I was a little surprised. I think he was what 53 mid in the hundred back, something like that. He said he, he missed his turn. Oh, he like grazed the wall with his toe. Gotcha. But he was 51 one in the hundred fly. Yeah. So I think Shane Casas for the men. And then Anna Lent um, is carrying her short course success in the long course. And I think she's now a real, at least hundred breaststroke medal contender, you know, the two twenty four and the two breast isn't going to get anything done. 
Um, but that 105 and the 100 breast, I think she's she's legit right there, and things are clicking for her in a big way. So that was not a surprise, I guess, after her NCAA stuff, but it was fun to see. I have some fun insight about that. One is that she is not qualified for Worlds in the 200 breast because Germany's qualification standards are so ridiculous. Always. Always. Uh, yeah. And the second was that when she went that 224, the, t- the Texas uh, contingent in San Antonio that night were racing for ice cream sandwiches. And uh, her time, if she, if, if she went 224 on the tuna breast, she got an ice cream sandwich. So that's why she went 224. <laughs> like, a, like a Tiff's Treats ice cream sandwich or like a legit ice cream sandwich? Like a legit ice cream sandwich. Wow. <laughs> there's, like that, there's a video of them delivering them around the hotel that someone put on their story. I think Leah Smith. <laughs> Nice. Um, okay. Ben, number one from San Antonio. I think probably a boring pick, but Claire Curzan, just like throwing down a 100 backstroke in a heat with three of the four last like 100 backstroke Olympians for the USA. I think that's right. I, I always forget what Reagan swam, but and beating them by, by, by more than a second of 58, 73. Um, and then the others were all a minute or slower. And it made me wonder if she's going to swim that, if she, if, if a hundred backstroke is going to be going to be one of her events moving forward. I don't think of like the, the anti Reagan, she's going to go from fly to back instead of back to fly. <laughs> yeah. We'll see Reagan only doing the 200 fly Claire doing everything else. Maybe. I don't know, but, but I, I was wondering, do you think that she's going to do the, the 50 or the 100 backstroke this summer? Yeah. I think at her age, there's not a lot to lose. I, you know, I think she can be aggressive. A lot of swimmers and Reagan is a good example of this. Their coaches were very conservative with their schedules when they were her age. Um, that was always kind of a thing for Reagan. Um, but you know, I think Claire takes a little bit more of an aggressive approach and I think she'll definitely do the hunter back at trials. I think it's interesting. I asked her for her schedule at world champ trials and she said, not quite sure yet, but the fifties were very tempting. And so it's like, basically she could do 50 and hundred of free back and fly if she wanted, or maybe not the 50 back, but it's like, that's five events right there. Right. So as soon as she gets to Stanford, they're not going to let her have fun and swim fifties anymore. Um, so she might as well do it now. mean <laughs> but i mean it's mo- partially a stanford thing partially just an american collegiate coaches thing and most of them just of don't stroke. believe in 50s of strokes. yeah well speaking of 50s of stroke my pick is the most swim swim pick of all because it's michael andrew <clears throat> who is probably going to do a lot of 50s at stroke at trials i think his 590 breast 51 700 fly is a very solid 21 750 free that's really good for right now. Um, I'm really excited. He's, he will be swimming hundred fly at trials. We didn't get to see him do that at Olympic trials. And he would have he, made the team at trials based on how he was swimming. So I'm really stoked to see what he, what he can do in the hundred fly, especially now with Dressel and Shane. It's like, we're, you know, and whoever else is in that field. Um, I don't know if Tom is swimming or not, but I assume he'll be at trials, but, um, it's that that heat is going to be really exciting again after kind of a, a couple maybe. Is Michael doing the two hundred IM? I still don't really understand. So. <clears throat> he, he said in his interview he is entered, but yeah, eh. yeah, it's weird because like I thought all the talk was that he was changing his training, maybe increasing his volume a little, but then he's going to drop the two IM. 
So this, he, like, I think because he took that extended break after Tokyo, he said, I am focused on the 200 IM. It's just not going to happen this summer. Like I'm not ready for it yet. And he closed in a 30.1 in the 200 IM and was obviously slower on the first 150, but but he did have more more backend speed than he's. I think that's I think that's a great move. This is the year for him to drop the two IM, go after his you know hundred fly hundred breast and all the fifties. Um, you can he can make plenty of money. He can get plenty of attention for his sponsors just doing those races. Um, and then and then he can work his way back to the two hundred IM. I think you know I think some swimmers get stuck in this habit. Maybe it's because they don't have the versatility of him but they get stuck in this mindset that, Oh, I've got to swim my best, best event every year. Um, and when you have his capability, why not, why not go after some different races? Um, you know, and I gotta, I gotta keep saying about Michael, nobody shows up in more Instagram pictures than Michael Andrew at Swimmates. If you are organizing a meet and you want age groupers to sign up, go out and give Michael Andrew a few hundred bucks to show up and swim because the age groupers love Michael Andrew and Michael Andrew loves the age groupers. He will stand on deck all day taking pictures if he has to. Which is awesome. I mean, that's, that's how you be a pro swimmer. We've got, we had quite a few retirements today, kind of, you know, big retirements, not today, sorry, this past week, Grant Schultz, Haley Anderson, Calypso Sheridan, Brent Hayden, all announced their retirement this past week. Who is the biggest surprise for you? Because I didn't see some of these coming. Well, let's be clear to start with that. I think some of these probably more or less have been retired. And in, in, in swimming, your contracts are based on your participation. And so people drag out their careers for the sake of that. Obviously, with Calypso and Grant, it's a different story because they had a year of eligibility left. Um, but honestly, to me, the biggest surprise was Calypso Sheridan. Uh you know, she followed Jeremy Kipp to the U.S. She followed him to Southern California. Um, I I would have thought she would have given it one go around, especially this year where, where Australia's team is so splintered. There might be some opportunities to sneak onto a team if you have a good meet, uh, you know, without full participation at their trials. And, I, you know, it just felt like she had such a great year, maybe not a great NCAA championship meet, but there, you know, there was something there that was working for her and, and, and seemed ready to break out. Um, so it's probably the, the least consequential name of that group to at least our American audience. But to me, that was clearly the biggest surprise. Ben, who you got? For me, it was, again, a biased pick, but Brent Hayden. Um, obviously, he had an incredible comeback and, and made his fourth Olympic team last summer. But he actually posted, and uh, I, I wrote in January of this year that he's, quote, in his Instagram, not done yet, um, and kind of teased a, a bid for Paris, which even that seemed like a bit of a joke, but it, it really seemed like he was still going this summer, and he had a solid ISL uh, season until he had a bit, of, a bit of back pain, I think, in in one of the races, but he seems like a like he could make the team this summer, the the hundred freestyle in Canada is getting more deep, but it's not so deep that he wouldn't get a relay spot um, or the 50. I think he, he said he was focusing on the 50, which is what he raced in Tokyo, but I was not, yeah. super, I was not actually super surprised by that. I, honestly, I don't think Brent was real happy when they postponed the Olympics. Like I think he was probably ready <laughs> to be done in 2020. Um, yeah. When you're his, what's he 38, when you're that age, back injuries don't just like get better. Um, back injuries as bad as his don't just kind of like go away. 
And, you know, maybe he would have hung around if there was another ISL season. Like maybe that was the deciding factor for him um, because ISL is fun for all of the problems and that we talk about frequently on here. It is more, it's gotta be more fun for the athletes to show up and do ISL than to do Commonwealth games or whatever else is going on. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where like, I feel like he's at a point where he's either going 48 or he's going 49 high because his back was too bad and he couldn't train, you know, like, I, I don't feel like there was like going to be like a gradual 48 then 48 48 Like, I don't think it was going to kind of erode that way. I think it was basically going to be, his back was just going to be a hurdle that he couldn't get over and he wasn't going to be close to his best. Yeah. I mean, the back injury makes sense. Like if that was bothering him, like, there you go. But I, I also thought he was going to kind of continue at least for a little while, try to make the team show up at trials, but um, I'm supposed to be talk to him, talking to him today or tomorrow. And so hopefully we'll get a, a little more of that story, but um, that was a surprise. I, to me, I thought Grant Schultz would at least show up at trials um, he's had a lot of surgeries. Um, so it's like, I'm not surprised that he decided to retire, but with the foreigner free as open as it is in the U S right now, um, you know, you've, you've, you've got Kieran and then <laughs> doors oh. wide open as it was at trials. <laughs> he's got those two Stanford degrees that he didn't have to pay for. So like, I don't blame him for retiring, but yeah, he is at like his peak swimming marketability. Like Grant Schultz has never been more popular than he is right now. And he could have cashed in on that big time. I'm so sad that the swim Grant swim mom memes have to die now. He could have gotten a big like 1-800 flowers endorsement or something. (laughs) That's certainly the biggest letdown of this bunch for me. It might have been the pressure of knowing via Twitter that Braden Keith is now a Grant Schultz fan that just there's too much pressure for him <laughs> to keep going. You know, if you can hand SoCal, handle SoCal Swim Moms, which are not the easiest group to handle, I think you can stand up to the pressure of me. Ooh. And on that note, speaking of SoCal Swim Moms, we got big, <laughs> we got big news about one of them. <laughs> Lee Maurer is, was announced. Swim swim history. <laughs> Lee Maurer was announced as the next head coach for USC. Um, I mean, it's seemingly she's already done a pretty good job. I mean, it seems like she salvaged this season after uh, Jeremy Kip, sorry, after Jeremy Kip, you know, was off deck. They had a pretty solid postseason at USC considering. Um, what do you think of this move by USC? I, there's a lot to talk about with Lee Maurer. Number one, she was rumored for every job. There was a lot of people talking. She might go to Notre Dame. I guess her brother is like a part-time coach there. Um, there, you know, there's so many webs of this is, is Rexy going to go to USC now is USC in the mix for her son. Who's going to be is one he of the committed top yet. No. Or is... He's like, he's the, the top recruit, not committed in the class. Gotcha. Is he um, the older one or is Luke the older one? Luke's the older one. Luke's at Stanford. Okay. Um, and so Rex is a junior, so he's got time. But, um, you know, that's that's a big part of this. It's a it's a female coach of a, we presume, top 25 men's program, which there's only a couple of. So that's a, um, that's a big deal. I, I think this was the obvious choice for USC. I don't – I vaguely remember when she was at Stanford, there being all this criticism about how terrible she – of a job she did. Um, and I think it's it was – if I recall, it was just that her teams um, did, 
they lost seed. They lost points to seed at NCAA's. Basically, they didn't live up to their seeds at NCAA's, but they were still top five all seven years she was there, which USC would take in a heartbeat. Um, so I think this was I think this was a good move from USC. Some of the other names you heard bouncing around, I don't think would have been a good follow up to Jeremy Kip, right? Like the problems they had with Jeremy Kip, the you know they 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 could not find evidence that the water bottle thing happened. However, there is ample evidence that Jeremy Kipp was not creating a culture that people wanted to be a part of at USC. Like he, he was creating a problematic culture and you need somebody who's, who's not going to do that, who's not going to corner people and scream at them. Um, and not that, that Lee is a shirking violet by any means. Um, but, you know, I think she's, I think she's a fully grown adult who's going to, create an appropriate culture at USC. And I think that's what they need right now. And she's obviously got enough coaching credentials to build that team back. Um, we can't, we can't overthink her first year at USC because it was a tough situation. Uh, you know, Jeremy Kip hired her. So it's not like she was completely divorced from that situation either. And I think we need to give her another year or two to really make it her program before we can evaluate her fully on it. I think it was the right move by USC as well. I mean, to be fair about the Stanford thing, people give Greg Meehan shit all the time now too. (laughs) Sorry. They give him crap. Um, Give him flack. He gets flack all the time, even though his team routinely places really high at NCAAs. Uh, But I think Lee Maurer is coming in with a lot of coaching experience. I think she's probably going to be good at USC. She's already a SoCal mom. She knows how to operate in SoCal. And I think that's going to be a win-win for both of them. And if she can sign Rex, Ooh, they are off and running. (laughs) It'd be, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to have Rex at this point? I'm sure her husband would like Rex to go to Stanford though. They're both Stanford alums. So interesting and the pot thickens all right speaking of new hires eric posgay also showed up at usa swimming he is now the new junior national team director uh after they didn't have one for two years once mitch dalton left to go be the assistant coach at texas under carol capitani um so now that usa swimming has a junior national team director do you think we'll see immediate shifts in the junior national team this coming summer at junior pan packs. It's, it's hard to say, right? Like we, um, we don't have a communications director at USA swimming anymore. So it's not clear who we can, can talk to, to uh, get the answer to that question. But, you know, he's um, you know, the junior national team director is an important position, but I feel like the coaches of the net junior national team swimmers are really good on their own. Um, independent of that, I, you know, what's most interesting about this, I think Eric is very qualified for this job. I think he's very well liked, which is key to this job, right? Like you've got to be able to walk onto any deck in the country and, and be, get along with whoever's coaching there. Um, but you know, he's, he's got that Phelps stank on him and, and, and it seems to be the way you get these kind of jobs is being tied into one of a few circles. It continues to be kind of a very tight circle of people who get chosen for these positions. Um, and a lot of them are connected to Michael Phelps, probably not a coincidence. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. I don't know 
what this position means. We've been doing great developing junior athletes for the last two years without a junior national team director. Um, so it'll be nice to have somebody to, to run camps, but I, if they did away with this position and replaced it with some other kind of developmental or performance position, I don't think that would be the end of the world either. It was really interesting to me that he, that he was announced in this position, not because I don't think he's qualified, but because of what he was doing at Wisconsin, right? He had developed an NCAA champion at Penn state and Allison McHugh, who then followed him to Wisconsin. He just had an NCAA champion in the mile in uh, Paige McKenna. Sorry. I mean, as a freshman, you know, it's like, it seems like he was doing really well at Wisconsin. So it was really interesting that he would leave that position to go do this. Um, Is this a better job than head coach at Notre Dame or head coach at Pitt or Utah? You know, like Mitch Dalton, the last guy went to assistant coach at a very good program. Like that was the next step, but Eric is already an assistant coach at a very good program. So like, what is I wonder if this is a money thing. I wonder if this is a lifestyle thing. Maybe junior national team director is more of a nine to five. Um, not probably not entirely a nine to five because there's probably a lot of travel involved, but maybe it's more of a nine to five than, than being on deck. And so maybe it's about that as much as anything, but it does, it, it doesn't create an obvious career path to the top if that's what he's chasing. Agreed. Yeah. So it's interesting. We'll see how it goes. Ben, you got anything on this? Yeah, I was just, I was thinking about it and I, I wasn't really aware fully of what the national team, the junior national team director does, but it kind of struck me that I feel like in the run up to 2019, when it was Carson and, and Luca and Claire Curzan and Tori Husky, they were all the, the ones at junior nationals. I had a better sense of who the junior national team in the U.S. is. And right now I feel like a lot of the juniors are, we're, we're already at the Olympics, like Claire Curzan and, um, Tori, was Tori a junior at, at the Olympics still? Technically, senior, senior high school. She was about to be in college. Sorry. Okay. And so I just, I just feel like this year, I know like Thomas Heilman is, is one of the, the standouts and there are a lot of juniors that I know, but I don't have a sense of the junior squad for the USA as much as I did last time. And, and I don't know if that's because there just haven't been, it hasn't been a junior national meet really since junior worlds in 2019. So, so one, we see that what the team looks like this summer uh, for junior pan packs or junior worlds, whenever that happens. Um, I think that's something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on just to see who the, the actual new up and coming juniors are. I doubt we as have a, an as a team. <laughs> I doubt we have Sorry. an answer to this question, <laughs> but, but we can make one up. Do we know how they're picking this junior team for pan packs? Oh, no. We couldn't even get an answer on whether or not, we don't know how they're picking the world's team for that matter. Um, but if we couldn't get an answer on like, if world juniors comes back on the schedule, are we doing one, both or neither? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think things are changing so much there right now that it's just, it's probably just a lot of chaos and they're probably going to make all of these decisions at the last possible moment. So that's this week's news. And now it's time to play our favorite game on the Swim Swim Breakdown, Sink or Swim. 
First up today on Sink or Swim, Leon Marchand, we mentioned him earlier. He had a great meet at San Antonio. He was most likely headed to world championships. And if that is the case, I want to know, do you think he's going to win a medal? What do you go in the two I am in San Antonio? 157 low. He broke, no, 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 156.9. Broke a French record. So I'm going to swim this. And so if we're looking in context, Chase Kalich, the gold medalist, isn't going to swim the 400 IM this year. He said he's focused on the 200 IM and whatever else he's swimming. Um, Do we know if Brendan Smith, I don't think he's he's made a declaration from Australia if he's going to go. David Rostow is older for 1059. Uh, He tied with Max Litchfield for fourth place. Max Litchfield isn't going to Worlds. Um, So we know at least two of the five guys uh, ahead of him at the Olympics are not going to swim it at worlds, right? A minimum of two. So then that leaves Jay, maybe Brendan Smith and maybe David Rosto. So Leon's age, given what he did in the NCAA, even though his 400 IM at NCAAs wasn't as good as his 200 IM, I think his 400 IM is still the better event internationally. Um, you've got Lewis Clairbert who has kind of ongoing injury issues behind him, some Italian guys, like there are other guys, young guys who could come up, but I'm swimming it because I just think that the pathway to a 400 IM medal is kind of opening up in front of him. And that's always been sort of his race of destiny internationally. Ben, I'm going to swim it, but for the 200 breasts, I think that that is, is his biggest biggest shot he, he did well at, at, at the ncaa <laughs> sorry we got a guest this... on the swim Stand breakdown yeah we got mel stewart swim swim co-founder <laughs> how old are you <laughs> sorry he can't hear you <laughs> i've had phones in. Oh. <clears throat> all right sorry ben please continue yeah he's just i think what did he go two or nine two ten something at at the pro swim series uh-huh. 200 breast, yes. 200. And the, the 200 breast is it was it was fast last year, but it's kind of pretty open right now. Right now, Japan has four in the top five, and that's that gets you to 209. So he's just outside the top five, and then only two Japanese swimmers, of course, will be able to swim it. So technically, he's in the top top three in the world this year. Um, and yeah, I think that that given his trajectory, I think the IMs are a little bit harder right now um so i think yeah 200 breast is his best shot and i think he'll be on the podium probably not gold but maybe on the podium it's a terrible take swim <laughs> well i'm swimming it and i'm i'm saying 200 i am i think that 156.9 in san antonio was good the dude went 137 <laughs> in the 200 short course i am and i think he trains with bob bowman so there's what no was way David Nolan's he's... best 200 IM time in one course. He only trained that. That's not, that's not the same. Did he train with Bob Bowman for a minute? Yeah, but David Nolan was not. I don't think that was. Uh, okay. well, he just... he wasn't he wasn't that motivated. He was to swim the 200 IM. He went 158. Okay. Uh, I think Leon's the truth. I think he's young. He's hungry, and he's going to drop a 155 this summer and get on the podium. Done and done. Next up, Justin Ress, after announcing that he will be joining Jeff Julian's pro group at Mission Viejo, he's going to be at World Champ Trials. Does he make the world's team this summer? 
I'm sinking it. You know, any move is too close. I think, um, I think he was probably the odd man out before making the move, adjusting to the California lifestyle and all that goes with that. If I were him, I might've stayed in North Carolina through Greensboro just because of the locality of it. Um, I guess we don't, his, his post made it sound like maybe he's been at mission Viejo for a while. So maybe it's not as last minute as we think it is. Um, but you know, has Jeff Julian put many swimmers on world's teams? I don't think so. So it, it's not, I wouldn't say that he's out for the future, but I just think in his events and the hundred back get with Casas swimming so well, that really clogs that race up. Um, and I think Casas is better than Justin Ress at this point. Um, so I'm going to sink it. He's got an outside chance at maybe a 50 back if, if they're choosing based on the top finisher, which again, information isn't available we don't know how they're choosing but if they're choosing he could win the 50 back that's kind of the best chance i'd give him ben i'm gonna swim it and i'm gonna ask you do you know what two events justin Ress came into the top three at the isl final in 2021 300 free 50 free 100 free swim sixth in the four by 100 freestyle relay makes sorry in the 100 freestyle makes the freestyle relay because they're going to take six this year and Ryan Held's not going to get left off and neither is Justin Ress. Big year for NC State alums. Uh, <laughs> We're now training somewhere else. I'm, I'm swimming with the caveat that if, if top finisher in the 50s of stroke make it, he's going to run it back like he did in 2017. He'll win the 50 back and he will make the world championship team. Moving on. Uh, we saw an ominous post from Virginia that they got a big recruit. We saw a few different people enter the transfer portal over this past week, but I'm asking about one specifically Jake Mitchell Olympian from Michigan is in the transfer portal. It is known that he dates Virginia's Emma Wyant. Will we see Jake Mitchell surface at Virginia? I don't think he's made a decision yet. So to me, that leads me to believe that their big commit is somebody else. Cause I don't think Jake has made a decision yet. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm going to sink it. Uh, love conquers all, but Florida conquers love in the middle distance freestyles. So I think he's going to Florida. Yeah. I, I want to disagree with you on this, but I think I have, to sink it. I think Jake Mitchell comes in with his own talents, but I'm pretty sure Virginia didn't have anyone in the 500 at NCAAs for men. And, and I just don't see that making sense for him. He, he, I was surprised he finished 46 in the 500 at NCAAs this year. So I think Florida makes sense or or a program that has a focus on the 500 um, that's seen success recently in the 500. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see him going to Virginia. I think it was the rumor on deck was that he had mono like a month yeah, okay. before NCs. So that in part explains the not. If you so have mono a month before NCs, swims. you still have mono at NCs. <laughs> That's uh, how mono works. I'm swimming it. I, I think uh, Virginia has trained good mid distance athletes. Jack Walk. No, no, no. Jack Walker. I forget his name. He retired, but he was from quite, Virginia. Yeah. Jack, Wright. Jack, Jack no. Walker. No, I don't think either of those are people. They had some anyway, I'll cut this part. I think Virginia can, I think Virginia's done it on the women's side. 
They're doing it right now on the men's side. And I think he will come in and be a valuable piece to the rise of the UVA men's swimming team. Done and done. What about Georgia? Train oh. the states in the game. <laughs> that would be a pretty sick one, two, three punch. At that point, Coleman, we'd just move you to Athens, practice a pancakes <laughs> every day. The, so the thing about Georgia is that we just don't know what Jack's deal is, right? Yeah. We, we don't know how much he's he wasn't on deck. He's going to be on deck. Right? I think that was the rumor. I don't know. Yeah. He was definitely there at NC's, but his health is just kind of a question. And so I, I, I wouldn't do it personally, but uh, kids make different decisions than me, probably for a good reason. <laughs> Next up, Adam Petey's from the Tuna Breast at British Championships. Is he going to break 210? Uh, yeah. He's got it. If you can go 56 in the 100 breasts, you can go 209 in the 200 breasts. You can go 57, 113. I, I have confidence in that. I think he'll go. I don't think he'll break it by much, but I think he'll slide under it. 2097. Ben. I'm going to sink because he scratches it last minute Ooh, at the meet. Good call. I hate that take because I want an Adam PD 200 breast. I don't I want think he goes to 11. <laughs> I don't, I don't That's think, right. I don't think he does it. I mean, I'd love to see him go to Oh nine, nine, but I just don't think he's going to do it long course last up on and sink or some swim. breaking news from swim slam. Uh, just to circle back on earlier, we did just get confirmation. They have not confirmed the world championship selection procedures. They hope they will soon. What does soon mean with USA Swimming? We don't know, but the meet's in three weeks. So hopefully we'll know that answer within the next three weeks. Wow. So there you have it, folks. We do not know how USA Swimming is choosing the world's team. Maybe we'll find out eventually before world championships happens. ISL vibes. <laughs> Ooh, that is savage. All right. Sorry, last. Don't tell Justin. Russell. Also, Sorry, I said that I would check what Megan McNeil is swimming. She's swimming the 50 back, 100 free, and 100 fly at Canadian Trials. Interesting. That's so no 50 free, no 100 back. Hmm. There you go. But can she, can she option into those events if nobody else takes them? Probably. Is that how Probably. Canada works? I don't know. Yeah. There's Canada, no, no selection procedures yeah. either. Canada's <laughs> one of those. We'll make it up as we go. Countries. It's a Wild West free for all. Yep. Jeez. All right. I would say, wow, countries should be more like the USA, but guess that doesn't apply here. All right. Last up on sink or swim, we have got nine, count them, nine uh, US D1 head coaching job openings as of this moment. Which do you find the most interesting? Read us the nine jobs. Nine job openings, D1 head coaches. We've got Notre Dame, Utah, Pitt, Rhode Island, Illinois, UIC, which is University of Illinois, Chicago. Yes. VMI. I don't even know what that one is. Virginia military. Virginia military and Holy Cross. You know where that is? Uh, Massachusetts. It's in Worcester. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Ah, Worcestershire. Massachusetts. Which I believe is the home of the Academy Award winning film coda oh is it? that's where that's set i sure. know that because i went to a jesuit high school and they had connections to that school because it's a jesuit university yeah. um yeah. we're doing all kind of things uh i think the most interesting 
is it's either Pitt or Notre Dame. It's one of the two ACC jobs. The rumor mill is that Illinois' future might not be very long. Unconfirmed. <laughs> no. um, you know, there to me, there's obviously three jobs here that stand out above the rest. It's Notre Dame, Utah, and Pitt. Notre, uh, Pitt and Utah, to me, feel very similar. Uh, teams in big conferences fighting an uphill battle in kind of urban settings. Um, Pitt has a better facility than Utah. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is probably the biggest name of these jobs, but I kind of think Pitt is, is the bigger job. I just think Pitt has the most untapped potential as a program. So I'm going with Pitt as the most interesting. Ben, what you got for I, us? My pick has to be Rhode Island, I think. Rhode Island's not a school that we talk about a whole lot, I think, on, on Swim Swam compared to the rest that, that Braden just went over. But um Mick Westcott was there for, I think, since the 70s, since 1972, he started. And he actually, until um, this year, he was the only women's varsity coach in history. Um, and I, so Lily Deering, I think, took over as the women's head coach. But I think the, the opening is for the, the men's position. Um, so any coach that's been there for 50 years has built that program into what it is today. So, so I think it'll be interesting to see who takes over there, whether it's kind of someone who's been around an associate head coach or, or they bring in someone new, but, um, yeah, that stuck out to me. Just are your parents 50 years old? My, yes. Well, they're older than 50. Oh, okay. Coleman, how old are your parents? Uh, much older than 50. Okay. We've all got old parents, but it is conceivable that all of our parents could be younger than 50. Um, which would mean that our parents would be younger than his coaching career. 50 years is insane to me to, to be at the yeah. same job for 50 years. I, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm, I'm done with it. So I can't imagine 50 years. Good for him. It's, it's pretty incredible career. Cheers uh, to Mick. <laughs> Cheers to Mick. I got to say the most interesting job for me is Utah because it's in the PAC 12, because they have a history in the last decade of, getting people to NCAAs as well as scoring on the conference level. And so to me, that's like the most, it, it's, it's the most recent program we've seen had success on the national level in that way. Um, Notre Dame had a couple, you know, standout distance people, and that's going to be a big hire, I think. But Utah seems like they really have some untapped potential as well as Salt Lake City. Uh, growing into more of a tech hub and, and more of a bustling city. It's definitely on the rise, I think. So, well, as compared to Notre Dame and Pitt, you know, Joe Dykstra left Utah. There's rumors swirling about why, but we'll leave it at, at for personal reasons. But like he was still liked at the program. He left on good terms, I think, with his athletes, with the alumni of the program. Um, I don't, you know, there was no mysterious midseason resignations so they're they are they're interesting because they're in a little bit of a different position at least than than notre dame and Pitt, i think and on that note uh that's our show that's the swim swim breakdown for this week tune in every week for your week's news in swimming